Welcome to another episode of Exploring Art Podcast, a Florida International University student podcast for the creative curious. I'm your host, Anastasia Soltanova, and I am very pleased to have Emily Matias and Richard Saul with me here today. How are you guys doing today? I'm good, thank you. Okay, that's good to hear. I am glad you were able to join us today, and welcome to Exploring Art Podcast. So, our case study that we'll be discussing is about John Cage. The case study reads as follows. Among the most famous works of John Cage, a well-known contemporary composer, is his piece for piano, entitled 433. To perform that work, the pianist goes on stage, sits at the piano, opens the keyboard and remains seated for four minutes and 33 seconds. At the end of that time, the pianist closes the keyboard and leaves the stage. Is 43 a work of art? Is it a piece of music? What if Cage insisted that 433 is a listening experience in which the audience is supposed to hear background noises? Suppose that during a recent concert of Cage's works, the penis hired to perform 433 became ill at the last moment and had to withdraw. In desperation, the stage manager himself conducted the work. Would this be a performance of Cage's work? Would it be a musical performance? These are all the many questions that we are all wondering about this piece. Emily, do you want to start things off? Hi. To start things off, you all might be wondering who is John Cage and why are we talking about him? John Cage is a very famous American composer. Based on this art, based on the article about his life from Bernita, he was born in Los Angeles, California, on September fifth, nineteen twelve. He went to Pomonade College and then traveled for a bit before coming back to the states, United States, to study under Richard Arnold, Adolf, and Henry. I would say he's a man that is most known for his most famous piece, of course, but it is similar to Robert Schnuckenberg's white painting made in 1951. The famous composition called 433 is what we'll be discussing today. And Emily and Richard introduced us to John Cage. And 433 is one of his most famous and iconic pieces. However, the piece 433 has caused quite the scandal. On the 29th of August, 1952, in Woodstock, New York, Cage premiered his silent piece called 433. On the same night, it became his most notorious composition. This night, the audience was ready to hear Cage perform one of his new musical pieces, and guess what? The audience was in store for. Nothing. Nothing at all. Just silence. Cage, ex- Cage claimed that it took him five years to compose this piece. Cage preached that true silence 
utopian idea of serenity we often strive for does not exist. He concluded that actually silence was the absence of intention, and this performed by the audience and the environment all within four minutes and 33 seconds. Everything that happened during this time on stage, off stage, in the theater in general, or wherever the piece is being played, is all part of the piece 433. The piece is actually constantly being rewritten, as no two performances of 433 is ever the same, since there are different background noises during 433 with different people that perform it. The musical freedom that comes with this piece is observed, and anything can happen during this time. The beauty of 433 is that the listener is just as involved in the music as the performer is. Some people may consider 433 as not a musical piece, but just 4 minutes and 33 seconds of meaningless noise. If anyone truly wants to listen to 433, you can get yourself a timer and set it to 4 minutes and 33 seconds wherever you are, whether it be at a beach, a cafe, at school, just anywhere, and you can just listen. Actually, let's all listen to it now. Are you guys ready? Let's go. I'm just kidding, guys. We're not actually going to sit here for the four full four and a half minutes, but you guys get the point. But anyone can hear this piece anywhere that they are. And according to John Cage, he stated that it took him five years to compose this piece. The piece is all about empowering the listener and letting the listener be the performer in this case. Okay. Is anybody wondering where he got this idea from? John Cage had a profound interest in Zen Buddhism, which had a direct connection to, it, to his creation of music. According to the St. Diego Union Tribune, he was starting to think that music that, music that expressed com- composers' emotions was pointless since nobody understood it anyways. His religious studies were leading him to believe that the true purpose of music was to was to quiet the mind as Buddhist meditation and awaken the heart to glorious reality of the present. Cage sought to make art that honored the transory sounds and events of everyday life. His rule-breaking forays into what became known as installation, performance, and conceptual art paved the way to the avid grand movement that still perplex audience today. That is that is what led him to create 433. That is a great point, Emily. And it really is an interesting way as to how John Cage uh, created this idea. And John Cage's iconic composition, 433, played a pivotal role in paving the way for the development of sound art as a distinct and influential genre. 433 is often seen as a groundbreaking piece that challenged conventional notions of music and sound, which led to a reevaluation of the relationship between art, silence, and ambient sound. So first, it really redefined the whole concept of what is music. 433 consists of just a pianist sitting at the piano for about 4 minutes and 33 seconds 
without playing any notes. Instead, the piece draws attention to the ambient sounds in the environment, which allows the audience to focus on the unintentional sounds that happen during this piece, which could be anything including coughing, rustling, um, nature, laughing, anything that really occurs during this time during the performance. This redefinition of music challenged traditional ideas of composition and performance. The next point is that it embraces silence. Cage's work celebrated silence as a vital component of music. He believed that there is no true silence, and even in the absence of intentional sound, the ambient sound of the world create their own unique composition. This idea encouraged artists to explore silence as a creative medium and led to a reevaluation of the role of absence and presence in art. The next point that 433 brings is that it encourages active listening. 433 requires the audience to engage in active listening, focusing on their surroundings and the environment. This concept challenged the passive consumption of music and art, pushing the audience to become more aware of their surroundings and the sounds within, within them and around them. It really allows the audience to focus on what's around them and not focusing on a music that's already written. This shift in perception influenced how sound art would engage the audience. Then Cage's work was deeply rooted in the principles of conceptual art. It really blurred the lines between music, performance art, and visual art, which demonstrates the interdisciplinary nature of sound art. This opened the door for artists to experiment with sound in various contexts expanding the boundaries of what could be considered art. Lastly, one of the biggest things that 433 brings is the influence on our future generations. Cage's ideas and 433, this iconic piece, had a profound influence on subsequent generations of artists, composers, and Many contemporary sound artists have drawn inspiration from Cage's emphasis on the relationship between sound and environment, as well as his exploration of unconventional instruments and approaches to composition. John Cage's 433 and his broader body of work were instrumental in challenging established ideas about music, sound, and art his exploration of silence and the ambient sounds of the environment laid the foundation for the emergence of sound art as a distinctive genre. Sound art, which often emphasizes the experimental and conceptual aspects of sound, owes much to Cage's innovative and thought-provoking contributions because this was really a huge experiment for Cage. He probably didn't know how the public would react to such a thing as is the question is is 433 really a piece of music because no notes are being played so it really depends on what the public believes so this leads to the question is John Cage a musician or an artist also first and I think that John Cage is definitely both an artist and a musician you can't just say he's one or the other. 
he was a multifaceted and very, very, very influential figure in the world of contemporary art and music. And Cage's creative disciplines were not limited to his 433 piece because he has so many iconic pieces. John Cage was a boundary-pushing artist who challenged and expanded the definitions of music and art. His interdisciplinary approach and groundbreaking ideas had a profound impact on both the music and the art worlds, making it very difficult to categorize him as strictly either a musician or just an artist, as he comfortably inhabits both of the roles. So what do you think, Emily? Is he an artist or is he a musician? Well, first of all, great explanation on just kind of elaborating on just those two things. So I honestly believe he was an artist and a musician. An artist is a person who creates music or art. Most artists don't play a single note that they create. A musician is a person that plays an instrument or sings. So like you stated above, he inhabited both roles. The best example of this is is his 433 piece. He goes on stage and sits at his piano and does not play a single note. But that was on purpose because he created that piece to be played that way. So it's kind of hard to fit him into a box of a musician or an artist. Mm, I do believe he is a musician. Um, with his piece 433, the lack of sound causes the mind to wander and that causes thought in them. And those thoughts cause when causing the mind to wander, it I do believe it is an abstract piece with music and like art, I do believe it should be named as such. Okay, that was great explanations. And now, Richard, what is your next point about him being an avant-garde composer? That's the one thing we did forget in the beginning, um, that he was an avant-garde composer. We aren't talking, we're talking about art, not the front lines. (laughs) That's what it does mean in French, but Henry de Saint-Simon changed that. In the beginning of the first half of the 18th century, he called the artists to serve as the people's avant-garde, insisting that the power of art is most instantaneous, is the most instantaneous way to change the people socially, politically, and economically. But what does it have to do with John Cage? The movement of avant-garde was followed by the modern art movement in the later half of the cent- of the 18th century by having to do with the uh, known styles of modern art, such as Impressionism, Cubism, Futurism, Surrealism, etc. So it has to do with that era of abstract. Yes. And John Cage was a part of that second generation of the avant-garde musicians. In his time in New York, in the... Mm-hmm. In nineteen in the nineteen fifties, he developed interest in Indian music, Zen Buddhism, and Chinese, something which caused the chain reaction of him experimenting with the randomness of his works. This is the origin of his famous work. Aside from producing four thirty three, one of his most famous Ivan Grande and well known works, Cage strengthened his friendship with Cunningham and the painter 
Robin Rennishberg in, in the 1950s. So I definitely agree with both of your viewpoints, and it definitely depends on the person, on how they see John Cage. But now the question is, did Cage perform the piece or was someone else hired to do so? John Cage himself definitely did perform 433, and he was the original pianist for the composition. Um, and during the performance, John Cage sat at a piano for the four minutes and 33 seconds. He remained completely silent, allowing the ambient sounds in the concert halls take center to stage. And Cage's intention with the composition was to draw attention to environmental sounds that occur during the performance. So 433 has been performed by various pianists and musicians around the world following Cage's instructions for the piece. So anyone can really perform it. And it has become a seminal work in the realm of contemporary music and performance art, with each performance bringing a unique interpretation of the ambient sounds. So there were many critical responses to his work, which have evolved over the years with many changing attitudes to the piece. And according to the National Public Radio, many people considered his work to be a joke. In the early reception, which were the 1940s to the 1950s, Cage was developing his radical ideas about music, which often faced strong resistance and criticism. So 433 initially was met with lots of ridicule and some critics dismissed it as a mere gimmick. Then in the 1960s to 1970s, um, Cage's ideas began to gain acceptance and intrigue and critics recognized his influence on the avant-garde and experimental music scenes. So the concept of silence and the relationship between sound and environment started to be seen as thought-provoking rather than merely provocative. And then his work started to be widespread and gain widespread recognition. And critics and scholars began to view Cage as a visionary who expanded the boundaries of music and order. So 433 became an iconic piece, um, which celebrated for its exploration of silence and the act of listening. So his work now is considered a cornerstone of 20th century uh, music, experimental music, and has a lasting impact on various artistic disciplines. And today, John Cage is celebrated as a pioneering figure in contemporary music and art with his legacy enduring in the realms of sound art and conceptual art. His work is recognized for its lasting impact on the exploration of the boundaries between art and everyday life. Okay, um, to talk about John Cage's and Mercy Cunningham's relationship, they had a special relationship. Mercy Cunningham was one of the best choreographers at the time and Cage and him and Cage directly impacted each other. Cage would write piano pieces for Cunningham and they would perform them together. When Mercy Cunningham Dance Company was opened, Cage became the music director. They did a lot of work together over the years. These two examples I stated were just two of the many, but they were just not they were not just business partner partners. They were lifelong in a romantic relationship. Based on the New York obituary, Astor quotes Cunningham after Cage's death. On the on one hand, I come home at the end of the day and John's not there. On the other hand, I come home at and John's not there. Mark Swede from the Los Angeles Times stated, yes, Cunningham did say that, but I hear, I heard him say it. He did so with a gentle laugh that asked us not to feel sorry for him. And he fought to keep back tears with, with his follow-up statement, follow-up line, I missed the conversation. That was a great point, Emily. Thank you for bringing that up. And now to conclude this episode of The Science of John Cage, 
The question remains on if 433 was a piece of music or work of art. Everyone has rather different opinions on this composition. However, 433 is most definitely a listening experience. It's a work of art that acts as a piece of music or vice versa. It enables for the listener to be the performer in the piece and allows for the audience to appreciate and be aware of their surroundings. Now we all suggest that you go out and listen to 433 and tell us what you thought about what you thought about during the performance in our comment section. I want to thank you for joining us so much today, Emily and Richard. I really appreciate it. This concludes Exploring Our Podcast. Subscribe to Exploring Our Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for listening. Please join us soon and remember to stay curious. Thank you for having us. Thank you.